You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. If you're a shop owner, you know how important it is to have a reliable place to order your tattoo shop supplies. Since 1996, Kingpin Tattoo Supply has worked to provide the tattoo professional the highest quality supplies at the best possible price. If you need a reliable supply company, check out Kingpin Tattoo Supply at www.kingpintattoosupply.com. When you make an order, be sure to let them know you heard Kingpin mentioned on Sullen Radio. This is Joe Swanson from Sullen Radio. Quadrant tattoo needles are being recommended by some of today's leading tattoo artists. Accomplished artists and guests of the show like Bob Tyrell and Rich Pineda are using quadrant needles daily. Try some of the best tattoo needles ever made for yourself. Use the promo code PODCAST10 at shopquadrant.com and receive 10% off your order. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST10 at shopquadrant.com and get 10% off when ordering some of the best tattoo needles on the market. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Joe Swanson. I'd like to welcome my guest today, who is a, a veteran in the industry, a black and gray specialist who was mentored by one of the best black and gray artists, Tom Renshaw. He is a Skinlock team member uh, with other notables like Jack Rudy and Good Time Charlie. He's also a water, Waterloo Tattoo Workstation Elite team member, and he's going to be having a signature series workstation out very soon. Bob Tyrell is my guest. How you doing, Bob? Good, man. How about you? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, you know, you just got off a uh, a weekend at a convention. You tend to travel quite a bit. Yeah, I'm getting back into to like the busy fall convention schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was home most of the summer, which was really cool. Um, I'm pretty burned out on uh, not so burned out on traveling, but burned out on just working at conventions. And, yeah. Uh, trying to cut back a bit but it hasn't worked out yet <laughs> still doing a lot you know i got three in a row right now so uh but it's fun you know i mean mm. What's I, love your... just, I love going to see my friends you know that i only see at conventions and so it's, it's fun just to, to hang out with my buddies i only see on the road yeah is that probably your favorite thing about the the convention circuit is it's almost like a family reunion yeah totally Totally. I mean, I used to love uh, tattooing at conventions, you know. Um, it's, it's, I've been doing it about 14 years. I've been tattooing 17 years, but doing conventions, um, you know, I started off doing a lot right from the get-go. So it's been 14 years of nonstop, you know, tons of conventions. But um, I used to love working at them, you know, because you know, got a, bit, a room full of uh, amazing artists from all over the place, all over the world, you know, and um, just the vibe in the room is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, you know, all this incredible work being done, really, uh, it's fun to be, you know, um, a part of that, you know. But, but just over the years, it's it's gotten harder, and there's just so many distractions. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm having a harder time trying to tattoo at a convention when you're, you know, you're talking to people all day and um, you can't concentrate on the tattoo, and uh, it's, it's gotten more stressful over the years so so that part's gotten uh, a bit less fun over the years you know but um but so now yeah just seeing my friends is kind of the main reason i go mm-hmm. you know and, uh, yeah that's is, is so, that the biggest frustration of kind of the convention circuit is dealing with the 
obviously the fact that, you know, you have to do some tattoos and, and they're highly, you know, highly high quality tattoos, black and gray. It's, it's realism. And you still have fans and people who are, you know, admire your work, trying to get a little piece of, of Bob Tyrell, say hello, get a picture. That balance has got to be pretty difficult at, at the level that you're at. Yeah, it's just, that's it's got harder, you know. And, um, and you know, pe- a lot of people go to, you know, people, most people go to conventions to meet artists that they like and stuff, you know. And um, so you got to make time for, for people. You know, I love talking to people. You know, I like meeting mm-hmm. people. And um, so I'm trying to find a, some kind of way to balance it and make it work. Uh, maybe just go and uh, not tattoo, you know, and just hang out and talk to people. And, um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out still, but anyway, I'll quit bitching about that. Just, uh, <laughs> well, do you have a favorite? Still. Do you have a favorite convention that you've you've kind of done over the years that you really enjoy that most of your good friends do and and you get around to every year? Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few. Like the the Canadian conventions I've done are always a blast for some reason. Um, the Toronto convention I've done. Um, just about every year I've been doing conventions. Um, I've probably done 13 or 14 of them in, a, in the Calgary convention. Um, just, they're awesome shows and they're put on really well. Steve Peace puts on the, the Calgary show and it's a just really well, well done convention. And, uh, same in Toronto, my buddy Damien McGrath puts that on. And, uh, Toronto's a cool town. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's usually a weekend of the North and Northeast music conference thing it's up there every year so it's uh so it's like downtown's a big party mm-hmm. you know a lot of bands playing and stuff so uh, so that's a fun fun weekend yeah that's um, right up Iron show. that's right I'm up sorry. your alley man that's the big big music scene around the same time as a convention that seems like that's right up your right up your alley yeah totally totally yeah, you mentioned <laughs> that based my life what's that Oh, you said, you, I was just going to say, you mentioned Ink and Iron. That's where I first met you, um, you know, a handful of months back. Um, you like that show as well? Yeah, they're just the whole, uh, you know, it's on the boat, which is cool. Uh, it's on the water. You know, there's bands, you know, um, hot rods, you know. It's just the whole uh, the whole setup's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of when it stands out. Uh, the Richmond convention was always one of my favorites. My friend Billy Eason who used to put it on. He passed away three or four years ago. Um, and my friend uh, Nate Drew kind of took over, and and he's still doing it now. Uh, but that was always a really cool, uh, really good family kind of show. You know, just everybody was, you know, just, just friends with everybody. Um, just a really, uh, really cool show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know just hanging out with my friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the London convention, you know, that's like the biggest convention in the world. And, uh, and it's, it's really, it's the biggest group of, you know, like well-known tattooers from every part of the world. Um, so that's, I would say that's the best convention in the world, you know, as far as, uh, the biggest and the most, um, you know, just the biggest group of amazing artists in one place. Right. It's incredible yeah. to see. It's incredible to see that these days. There's so many good tattooers out there. And when you walk around a, a floor like Ink and Iron, I haven't been to London, but I, I 
am excited to go at some point. And I've heard it's just three levels of, of amazing work. It's, it's so cool to see the quality that is being put out by so many good artists from around the world these days. It is, man. It's amazing. And that show, yeah, it's so big. You can, I mean, it's, it's like the Sunday night. I might run into a friend that I didn't know was there. You know, it's man, I didn't know you were here. And I, and I see, you know, a ton of people like that. And, uh, and you just can't get around and see it all, especially if you're, you know, working and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, uh, and London's a cool city, man. It's a, yeah, it's a good place to go just to, besides the convention, you can, uh, see the city. You know, it's, uh, England was the first, um, uh, European, um, that was the first city I went to in Europe. Mm-hmm. The convention in Cheltenham, England. But, uh, I, I fell in love with England. Well, um, what about it is is so appealing to you? I don't know. You know, I, I think it's um, definitely not the food. You know, they're not known for for fine cuisine or whatever. But uh, you know, and the weather sucks. But uh, I think it's just the, the the friends I made there. You know, and I love the accents. You know, English mm-hmm. accents. Or all my English friends are they're funny. You know, they're, they're just silly, retarded people. Yeah, they're they're awesome. Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's cool, man. I I I really want to get over there. That's it's seen. I have uh, I've had other people on my other podcast from London, Lal Hardy. I had Mill Martinez, a couple other guys, and there's such a rich history just over there in in England with tattooing, and it's cool to see the the differences that that happened over there and over here over the last twenty years. Yeah, it is. It's awesome, man. It is, you know, a bit different. But uh, yeah, Lal Hardy's one of my favorite people on the planet. He's awesome, man. Dogs He's... going crazy over there, huh? What? What's that? <laughs> dogs going nuts over there, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. They're right outside. Okay. Yeah, it's my dog. Hopefully, it doesn't. <laughs> hopefully, it doesn't show up here uh, on the on the recording. But I do this in my in my home studio, and the dogs are in the backyard, but gated off, but they're big dogs. So you, they got a loud, they got a loud growl bark. <laughs> I've had, <laughs> I've had them in here before inside the, the studio when I've been recording and they've absolutely gone ape shit. So do you, do you have any dogs or anything? No, yeah, yeah, I used to, but I'm single now. And then but the way I travel, I can't, you know, um, I've got a big dog. I, I had another dog and there's just no way right now. Yes, I got a girlfriend, which I, you know, I'm trying to stay single. So, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe someday I'll be able to get a dog again. Yeah, they're they're fun, man. I I I've enjoyed having. We have two of them. My wife and I. We have a big kind of American bully dog, and and we have a little pit bull. Little by little, I mean you know 55 pounds, and the big guy he's like 75 pounds. So, um, super cool. What, um, yeah, you know, you, they, they're like kids, man. They're, they have their crazy ass fucking personalities and, you know, they do their dumb shit and they do their loving shit, (laughs) you know, it's fun, fun, (laughs) fun and frustrating at the same time to deal, deal with them. So, yeah, 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 for sure. It's, it's, it's cool to have pets in the house and, and you get a little something extra from them for sure. Um, nice to have them around when you come home. 
Yeah, totally. Talk talk to me about the music thing, man. You you got into tattooing late because you were you were involved in music from from very early on. You, did, you played played in bands for about fifteen years. Talk to me about that and how you know that time of your life before you got into tattooing. Um. Yeah. You know, I played in bands since you know since I was probably sixteen years old, and um. You know, back then I wanted to you know, try to make it in the music business somehow, you know, mm-hmm. like we all did playing bands, you know, but, um, but I played, yeah, you know, I, after I got out of high school, I, when I was 19, I started making kitchen countertops in this factory and I ended up staying there 15 years. Um, it was just a job, you know, just, you know, the money wasn't great, but, uh, my bosses were cool. I had a lot of friends working there and I, um, I just ended up staying there and, until some better came along, which nothing did really, you know. But uh, but that whole time I was I was playing bands. And I wanted to I still wanted to try and make it playing music. Um, so all through my twenties, um, I played metal bands, and that was the eighties, man. It was a crazy time, you know, the eighties metal scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a I don't remember most of it, you know. It's <laughs> just a, a big party. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but there's a three different metal bands I played with uh, from around 82 to like 93. And, um, you know, I was just, just playing. You know, we, we didn't make enough, you know, we didn't play enough to make a living or, um, but we were playing out, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a cool metal scene in Detroit here at that time. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have a, fa- do you have a, uh, a best memory of being on the stage, that stage experience being in front of people playing, where you're just vibing with your with your bandmates? Um, or a certain venue that you loved playing? Well, we used to have this venue called Harpo's Detroit here, which um, everyone's played, like like Slayer and Black Label Society and um, everybody, metal bands to even like Johnny Winter and just the, the, you know, in the eighties, nineties, up in it's, it's, they're trying to sell the place now. So that the, there's like a couple shows a month or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then it was thriving, man. It was, um, Harpo's probably my favorite place to play. We used to have quarter beer night on Thursday night. Um, which was, it was just local bands, but the place was packed, you know, now you go to a show there and it's like, it's dead. Damn. It's in a really bad ghetto area of Detroit. A lot of people don't want to go down there people's cars get broken into. And, uh, I know a guy who had sent from a punk band here in Detroit who, uh, got shot and killed leaving a motorhead show. Was, someone tried to carjack and he tried to take off. And so it's, it's kind of sucks, you know, um, just the neighborhood it's in. But, uh, but we did, I remember we warmed up some national acts and stuff, but, um, that's one of the times that we like, we warmed up John Entwistle, the bass player from the who, mm-hmm. Um, got to meet him and stuff. That was one of our, that's one of my favorite gigs. Mm-hmm. And we warmed up Edgar Winter one time, which was, uh, it was weird because we were a metal band and they're not really metal, they're more like classic rock, but, uh, but, I, you know, they're like heroes of mine. So those were great gigs. Yeah. Um, it, you have a, you have a worst experience that you remember being on stage and just, you're like, Oh fuck, everything's going off the rails. Uh, there's been a ton of horrible <laughs> shows. <laughs> you know, we had, you know, the, you know, kind of monitor problems, can't hear the drummer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 
one time one of uh, our drummer was uh he used to do quite a bit of coke back in those days. <laughs> and uh one gig he was just just did way too much blow and he was uh, he was he was you you think you'd play too fast for a drummer, you know, but he uh he was playing too slow and uh <laughs> And he couldn't speed up, and uh, that was kind of a nightmare show. I won't say who it was. He's a, a good friend of mine. Yeah. But uh, so that was, you know, just there's been a lot. Of, yeah, that's I cool. Can't really... That's that's cool, man. I mean, it's it. I'm sure that a lot of those traveling experiences that you had with music are similar to those, or those party experiences are similar to those party experiences you have traveling and tattooing. You know, saying is that is that true? Um, that you find that now? Do you? Um, I'm sorry. Can you say it one more time? Yeah, Maybe I was just. I was just. Or... Yeah, that's. I was just thinking. You know, those times back then when you're traveling with a band, group of people, family, kind of uh, guys that you're with all the time, and you're having those experiences playing after the shows, before the shows. And I'm wondering if you find any similarities in that and what you're doing now, traveling with tattooing and. Um, being with the same kind of people, same people at these different conventions, and and did you find that was a s- similar back when you were playing music, kind of connected with the same people as you're traveling? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, you know, I, I never really toured with the band. Um, all the bands I were in, we were just local. We never never went on the road or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, yeah, it is the same. It's, the whole music scene and hanging out with people like that. And, um, and then the whole tattoo scene, it is almost exactly the same, you know. Um, you know, you play a gig, and then you go and, you know, hang out with your friends. Um, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. It's, it's, uh, you find, you, you, you got into tattooing later on after about 15 years, you said, working at the factory and, and playing, ba- playing there in Detroit. You got into tattooing. What was what was that first thing that kind of you said you wanted to get? I've read in in an article and on your bio you say you wanted to get tattooed and what captured you once you got that first tattoo with with tattooing? Um, yeah, you know, I I um I had always wanted to get a tattoo since I was well since I was about nineteen or so. I remember I had a buddy uh, who joined the Marines, and um, every time he came home, he had more tattoos. And um, he, he, was, he kept adding on, and he was getting, like, you know, like half sleeves and stuff. And, and back then, like, none of us had tattoos. You know, it was, this was 1982, you know. Um, and I just was fascinated by his tattoos. And um, so I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to get a tattoo, you know. So I said, like all throughout my twenties, I would every probably every couple of years or so I'd, you know, go into a shop and check it out. And but back then I didn't realize you could get custom work. You know, I thought you had to walk into a shop and pick something off the wall. And uh, all the shops I went into were kind of just crappy shops, you mm-hmm. know. And um, so I'd walk in and look around, it's like I don't really see anything I want, you know. And, uh, and then just split, and a couple of years later, kind of do the same thing. And uh, so finally, I was like going to turn 30 in like a month, and I'm like, man, I got to get tattooed. But before I turn 30, this is retarded. So, <laughs> so I just went to the closest shop to my house, and uh, which ended up being like the worst shop in town, pretty much, one of the worst. And uh, 
going through the books, you know, and then I found a picture of um, this. Somebody did a drawing. It was Eddie from Iron Maiden. It's like he's like the mascot, you know, for, for the band Iron Maiden. And um, it's like, oh, that's cool. That's the only thing I saw I liked, you know. It's like I'll get that, you know. Um, I mean, nobody they didn't say, hey man, we could draw something up for you. It was just like, you know, I just figured I had to pick something off the wall or out of the books they had. So anyway, I got that. This guy did it. It came out horrible. Scabbed up really bad. And, but uh, but I was still just really happy to have a tattoo. You know, I was fucking totally thrilled. Was so, the... uh, so then I wanted to get another one. You know, like I, I got that on my bicep. You know, so I wanted to get one on my other arm now to balance it out. Um, I like symmetry. I hate being unbalanced. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, so then um, there's a shop called Eternal Tattoos where I end up a, a ended up apprenticing there but uh they had a shop on the west side of detroit i lived on the east side so i didn't really have any friends on the west side or anything um if i had known i could have gone there and got my first tattoo and got something good um but anyway they opened up a, a second shop right around that time um like five minutes from my house so i'm like i'd heard of them you know but i um i, I saw the sign eternal tattoos i've, I've heard of them you know so anyway i went in Talked to a kid there, and um, he ended up tattooing me, and then he ended up tattooing both my biceps. And uh, the work was pretty good. It, was, it turned out he was like 18 and just kind of starting out. Uh, but it was pretty good work, but it wasn't, like, awesome, you know. It was, um, it was decent work. Mm-hmm. and um, so, But I was, like, totally hooked, you know. And then, and then right around that time, I started buying tattoo magazines. And uh, I saw an article on Paul Booth pretty early on, um, and it was just, just blew me away, you know. It's like I'm a big horror fan. And uh, I saw that article on him. It's like that's exactly what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. you know. So I ended up calling him, and um, uh, sometime that year I, I hooked up a I got, I got a back piece from him. So so my first real tattoo was a, a full back piece, which we like, did in two days. And um, and then I from that on I was just seeking out, you know, it was well, pretty much all him at first. I went back six months later, got my whole left sleeve done. And then a year later, I got my right sleeve done by Mario Barth from Austria. But he's got shops in Jersey here now in Vegas and puts on the Vegas convention. Um, but but that, he's a killer artist, too. And yeah. He's another guy I saw, you know, the magazines back then in the early 90s. Um, but anyway, like, I quit drawing when I started playing guitar when I was 14. I pretty much... Cause I drew all the time when I was a kid. My dad was an artist, you know. I wanted to be an artist when I grew up. And then when I set my guitar. It's like it's, all I wanted to do was play guitar, you know. So I, I just didn't give a fuck about drawing anymore, and uh, didn't draw at all except maybe like you know high school art class or something. But, uh, but after high school, I just I didn't draw until until uh, I started getting tattooed. Um, but getting those first few tattoos kind of gave me the itch to start drawing. So I started drawing skulls and stuff, and uh, really kind of fell back in love with drawing. And took a took like three art classes, and I spent about three years just drawing, not really thinking about tattooing yet, you know, but um, just drawing for fun. But but over those three years, I kept thinking more and more about how cool it would be a tattoo, you know. And then uh, then after about three years of that, I'm like, all right, I have to learn how to tattoo. So I got an apprenticeship at Eternal Tattoos, you know, it was amazing. Tom Lenshaw worked there, like you were saying, and uh, 
and he kind of took me under his wing. You know, I learned from everybody at the shop. Um, they all were, really helped me a lot. But Tom really went out of his way, though, and, and uh, you know, took me under his wing and kind of became my teacher. Um, so it was a short apprenticeship, like three months. Um, I did, like, six tattoos, and then I'm like, all right, we'll throw them out there. He's ready. <laughs> so, you know, I started off doing small stuff, and, and uh, but I picked it up fairly quick, you know. You know, and I think that was the best thing, like, just, you know, having me start, you know. The tattoos I did were good enough where I could start doing doing little stuff. and mm-hmm. But tattooing every day is when I really started progressing really fast, you know. Because I did the six tattoos I did, it was, I did one a week for six weeks. And it's hard to progress when you're doing it one once a week. Right. You know, every day it was just like, um, seemed like the right thing, you know. It all worked out, you know. It uh, changed my life, man. Yeah, for, for sure. What what lessons yeah. were you know during that time when Tom was kind of took you under your wing and in those for, that kind of formidable period? Do you remember any specific lessons that he he said to you that that still resonate with you today? Uh, yeah, everything he told me really stuck yeah. with me. You know, I mean, he taught me. You know, everything about technique and stuff, most of what I learned about technique is, is from him. Um, I mean, I've learned from a lot of people over the years, and but early on, you know, like the way I tattoo today was really um, based on how he works. Um, but, you know, now he taught me about technique, but he also taught me about, like, any everything to do with the business. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how you deal with people, how you talk to, a, you know, when someone walks in the door, how you deal with clients and stuff early on and then uh I just like you know get my stuff out there eventually like you know send stuff to magazines and because mm-hmm. I he knew I wanted to uh specialize in black and gray and, and even before I apprenticed I knew I wanted to eventually hopefully <clears throat> kind of specialize in black and gray portraits and like black and gray horror mm-hmm. um custom horror imagery like Paul Blue style those two things were what I I loved and wanted to to do um but he was just kind of telling me how to, you know, how to achieve that, you know. Get your name out there, send pictures to magazines, you know, and um, just get stuff in your portfolio. And, you know, the more stuff I like to do in my portfolio, people see that, and then it just kind of snowballs, you know. Mm-hmm. Just all these little things he taught me, you know. Absolutely. it's it's um, Those things still apply to today, do you think? It's such a different, such a different community. It's such a different industry that we have do those lessons, obviously the, the core lessons that, you know, treat people right and, and educate them when they come in. I mean, those are the same things we were doing 18 years ago when, when people were picking stuff off the wall. Do you think those lessons still apply today? Oh yeah, totally. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not really in a street shop anymore, so you don't, you don't get a lot of a, I work at timeline and, you know, when I'm out in Cali, but, um, you know, it's, it's not really, it's not a street shop. It's more of a custom shop. So there's not, there's not even a, a sign out front. I mean, there is in the window, but it's, it's pretty low key. There's not a big sign. You know, you really gotta, gotta know it's there, you know, and look for it. But um, so you don't get a lot of walk-in people coming in and just looking for the first tattoo and stuff. It's more, more collectors. Yeah. And everyone that comes in, we know their friends and stuff. So there's not really that whole, you know, just, trying to educate people and that's more when you're in a street shop, I think. Right. Um, but 
you know, I, I mean, like when I'm out at the bar and stuff, and I talk to a ton of people that looking to get their first tattoo. So instead of being in a shop and doing that, it's it's kind of wherever I'm at, out somewhere in public. Um, I still do a lot of that. You know, I tell people, you know, you know, find out what 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 they want. If they're not sure, it's like you know, I'm going to shops, look at people's portfolios, talk to the artists. You know, that's all been the same. You know, but now you can go on the internet too and and just you know find everything. Yeah, so that's it's, it's a lot easier. It's it's, it's, easier people. it's crazy. Yeah, that well, it's just crazy that that people can. I mean, you can go on the internet right now on Instagram and you can look at you know, last however many weeks of work that you've posted and, you know, in one click away, you can look at the, a week's worth of work that somebody in Russia posted. You know, it's, it's crazy yeah. how, you know, before back in the day when, when we both started, it was very regional still, I think at that time, and it was going through that kind of mid nineties boom, but it was still, okay. You had the, the San Francisco, you had New York, you had London, <laughs> and the Midwest, you know, a few big cities had a, had some guys, but it's become those walls of, of, of regionality have been broken down for sure with the, with the connectivity the internet has. Totally, man. Yeah. People who would, yeah, just get tattooed by their favorite artists in the city or they live in or whatever. Now they're like traveling all over the world, you know, wherever they got to go to, you know, to find some artists, you know, I mean, I was going to see Paul Booth, um, that's way before I was tattooing. You know, I traveled out to Jersey when he was there. He's in New York City now, but so so I was I was doing that. And there, were, there were, you know, I mean, there were back then in the '90s. There were, there were people that were traveling to get work done, but uh, it was more regional, and mm-hmm. it is a lot different now. Yeah, you, you know, you, you go ahead. Oh, I think there's uh, my friend of ours, Ty, who um, Carlos Torres has done a ton of work on him it's like he's, he's just carl's just did a shit ton of amazing work on him um, but he's in the shop all the time you know and yeah. he's worked by josh duffy and stuff but he's a, a super serious tattoo collector mm-hmm. so he's going to you know he's going to go to russia to get tattooed by dimitri simone um you know so he like he likes the guy's work so much he's going to russia you know which <laughs> right. is a pretty big big deal, you know, for just to go get tattooed by someone. But that's, uh, you know, that's more common these days. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it is in that level of, of collectorship, you know, when, when you have, when you've kind of gone past the point of, hey, I, would, I just want this tattoo. It's going to, you know, signify this little memory that I have or, or mark some period of my life. And I'm just going to go down, you know, in my town or maybe the town next to my town and, and get the you know, the best guy that I can, that I connect with. And nowadays, you know, you have those collectors who are seeking out a very specific style. They're seeking out a very specific person. And, and it's cool that we can do that and we can see stuff in Russia. He can email that guy as opposed to having to write a letter and wait for it to get there. Hope it gets there. Hope that the guy opens it up and reads it and responds. And, you know, so it's cool that, the internet has opened up that connectivity to, to artists all around. And honestly, it's, it's an easy way to educate people about this, this business that we're in and, and the art that is involved with it. It's, it's cool that we have these resources that we do have now to, 
to educate those high end collectors and, and the the everyday guy coming in, the blue collar guy that's getting a tattoo shop in a you know, or getting a tattoo in a street shop. So. Do you, yeah. do you like the internet? I mean, do you like how it's changed? Do you like the connectivity? Is it, is it overwhelming to you? No, I like it. I think it's overall, I, you know, um, I, I just love the fact that, you know, the whole world is kind of, you know, connected. You can, you can, you can, um, you know, you can, uh, Sorry, man, my brain's not working so well. That's all right, man. You know, I'm fried. It, uh, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all these things provide the client and other tattooers to peer through a little window into the life of of their favorite artists or their favorite personalities. And it's cool that, you know, people can reach out via a comment or via a a tweet or a Facebook post and and encourage and be positive about you know, those, the art that's going on. And, you know, you mentioned a couple guys that obviously have been influential in tattooing in their own right, but also have influenced you, Paul Booth, Shige, Jack Rudy, you know, Jay Wheeler, who I met years ago, um, and Boris, you know, just to name a few guys. And what struck me about those guys that you listed was they have distinctly different styles, you know, but what what kind of qualities are in those guys' work that that appeals to you? Because it it runs the board, you know, from from that macabre kind of dark imagery that Paul Booth does to the very dynamic and large body scales, you know, suit stuff that Shige does. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just love tattoos. Period. You know, and um, even though I I stick to one style when I tattoo that I love doing, um. I mean, I did a lot of color when I started, but uh, I phased it out as quick as I could, you know. But as far as, um, and even like what I wear on my skin, it's, it's all pretty much black and gray. Um, but as far as, you know, just tattoos in general, I, I just, I love every style of tattooing. I love traditional tattoos, you know. And any good, really high quality tattoos, or I just, you know, I love to look at, you know. Um, but Shige, I mean, yeah, he's just... Um, Insane. So epic, man. And, and Jeff Gogway too. Yeah. Like those two guys are, uh, as far, they're pretty similar as far as how epic their work is, man. Mm-hmm. And just that large scale work, you know, Jeff Gogway doing it, you know, and Philip Liu and, and a bunch of people, you know, between yeah. a back piece, comes down on your ass all the way down to, to the back of your knees. Um, just one big, huge, giant, um, tattoo you know yeah. it's, uh, it's just so amazing it blows me away um and then paul booth you know i love him for uh he's you know it's just so uh evil you know he's i mean he's like the, the king of, of horror tattoos he always will be mm-hmm. nobody can touch him as far as just true fucking horror tattoos you know and he's such an amazing dude you know he's um just the way his mind works, you know, I mean, free hands, everything. And, um, I just love that dark imagery, mm-hmm. you know, and he does it better than anybody. And then Jay Wheeler, I mean, he was, um, he's pretty low key, you know, but he, um, you know, I just love his portraits, you know, and then back then, like he helped me a lot when I started to use in the same shop and, uh, like him and Tom were, 
you know, like Jay's work was, you know, pretty much on par with Tom's, you know, he was mm-hmm. one of the best portrait guys in the world. You know, a lot of people didn't really realize that, you know, um, he had articles and magazines and stuff yeah. back then. Um, he never, he doesn't like to, to do conventions at all. He doesn't do any, you know, Tom Reschel doesn't either anymore. Um, but Jay, you know, he's just so low key. A lot of people haven't heard of him, but he's, uh, just an amazing portrait tour. And he's a, Amazing color and black and gray too, you know. So he's one of those well-rounded guys. Um, but there's so many artists I like, yeah, just for different reasons. I love new school. Timmy B, you know, his yeah. style, it just blows me away. You know, so I love it all, man. It's just all really uh, um, inspiring just to look at, you know. It makes me want to just tattoo more because it's so good. Yeah. You know, it makes you want to create something. Absolutely. But, um, it's, it, it is very inspiring to look at these guys that are, uh, you know, just like yourself. I mean, I, I include you in that, in that category of guys who are doing phenomenal world-class work that in, in a specific style that is at the top of the heap, you know, and, and it's, it's cool when you get to that level of quality and consistency, what pushes you to, to get to that, even the next level, you know? Um, just exactly that, you know, just looking at everybody's work, you know, it's, I look, I look at stuff and it's like, man, you know, like even there's so many artists now that, uh, that I've never heard of, you know, I'll see this tattoo somewhere. It's like, Holy fuck. It's, it's like the best tattoo I've ever seen ever. And I don't even know who the guy is or girl, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, that, you know, just, you know, and then everybody else I do now, just, just looking at, like we were just talking about, you know, and just looking at tattoos and, and I'd be being inspired, you know, that, that alone is what keeps me wanting to progress and get better. You know, I feel like I'm lagging behind seeing all this stuff, you know, it's like, man, I suck compared to <laughs> some of these new guys, you know, they've, really taking it to another level, you know, and just kind of feel like I got to try and keep up with those guys, you know, because it's just tattooing is really, really come a long way. It keeps evolving and I almost feel like we're in a, a new renaissance right now, you know, with all these artists, you know, there's tattoos are getting better and better. And it's, I think there's just more really good artists getting into the industry, learning how to tattoo, you know, just almost too many, you know, right. it's just, well, I mean, it's a good thing, you know, if it's good, amazing tattoo work, you know, there's, it's, um, you know, you can't say there's too many, you know, I mean, there's too many people who shouldn't be tattooing also, you know, if you could get rid of those people, you know, it would be awesome. But, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think with the, you know, I've talked about it before. I think with, the explosion that the internet has provided with tattooing and it's broken down those regional walls. I think that it's normal that you're going to have more people getting in because it's easier to get in to this industry. Anybody can go out these days and, and pick up some equipment and start scratching away on somebody. And you'll have some people that do that and find their way and, and continue to increase the quality of their work, connect with the right people and, and treat, what they're doing, you know, as it should be, you're changing people's lives. You're, you're marking these 
you're, these images, you're putting these images on people for very specific and, and probably meaningful reasons. So, you know, there's going to be people that'll, that'll come into this industry and they're going to be people that'll leave. So do, do you think that the, I've seen recently on Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media, you know, kind of a resistance to what people call the corporate takeover of tattooing. Is that something that you concern yourself with or feel that it's getting too big? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think you know, part of me thinks, you know, it's a good thing that it's got so big, you know, it's, uh, it just means we're all going to keep making money, you know? So, you know, um, it's, it's gotten so big that everyone's getting tattooed. That's a good thing, you know? Um, but you know, part of me kind of wishes it, it wouldn't be so big. They, you know, the, like even when I started in '97, it was uh, it was kind of blowing up then, you know. But uh, it's like way worse now, but um, or better, you know. But, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I think it's in. I think you're right, man. It's it's in perspective. You know, you can. Yeah. I think people. You know, my take on it is you can involve yourself with what you want to involve yourself with. You can be as nostalgic about tattooing as you want with including the things like making pigment, making needles, building machines, those type of things that we used to do, we had to do. And you can involve yourself if you want to involve yourself with them or you can buy your needles, you know. Um, It's, I think there's so many opportunities to be involved in tattooing at any level that you want to and, and hopefully whatever level you choose to be involved in it, you're trying to do the best that you possibly can on each tattoo or each piece of art. And, you know, what I've kind of seen in these top level guys is a commitment to not only do tattooing, but they also are educating themselves in, in fine art and, and other things. You've made mention that you want to paint more and, and focus a little bit more on fine art. Is that something that you're, you're going to classes for or how are you going to move forward in that direction? Yeah. You know, I've been saying for years, I want to learn how to paint because I don't paint at all right now. You know, um, the only art I do is pencil or charcoal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, everybody's painting now and especially when I'm out there in Cali and just being the timeline and seeing, you know, Carlos Torres and Alan Padilla and Sergio Sanchez all work there. They're just, amazing oil painters, you know, and, uh, I see that stuff. It's like, man, you know, I mean, I, I don't even feel like I'm a real artist. When I'm around those guys, you know, like they're, they're artists, you know, I'm just, a, I'm a tattooer. I do some drawings, you know, but those guys are like fine artists, you know, and, um, I, I don't feel like I'm in that league, you know, but at the same time, maybe if I learned how to paint, I could, uh, maybe I could be, you know, um, but I've, you know, man, my dad, you know, is an oil painter and, you know, I've got so many friends who could, uh, who help me out and they've all been saying for years, you know, like Jeff Goldway, he's like, you know, come out to Oregon and visit me, man. And, um, we'll paint, you know, and it's like, I'm always saying, look, I'd, I'd like to learn some basics before I come out and hang with you. You know, it's like, no, I'll just come out and, you know, and, uh, and my dad could help me, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Carlos Torres, all my friends out in California, Sean Barber, you know, I have so many people that I could learn from and probably 
pick it up fairly quick, you know, because of that, with all the health and everything. But uh, I think what it comes down to is I'm fucking lazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get get off my lazy ass. And uh, it, it, you know, it's life is kind of crazy and mm-hmm. tattooing and traveling and you know doing some drawings when I have time and trying to play in a band still messing around with that and um, painting was just got a whole other uh, thing to my to my day that I don't have enough time to do other stuff you know and um, it's just it's finding the time to do it and um, but actually in the last month or so my buddy Marshall Bennett here in Detroit uh, Joe Marshall you heard of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had him on mm-hmm. uh, my other show, the Propaganda Podcast. I, I oh, talked cool. with him, and cool. yeah, he's got a crazy travel schedule too. At least he did last year. I, I know I caught him at the beginning of a seven-show run, <laughs> and I and I think as many weeks. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. He travels a lot too, but um, he's one of my best friends. You know, he, he's, I used to work with him at Eternal and stuff. But um, but I stopped by the shop. Uh, two or three weeks ago or something. And, and um, I saw some digital art he did, you know, and it's like, it looks killer, you know, and it, it's black and gray, you know, so it's, it's like pencil drawing, but it's on the computer. Yeah. And um, it, it, it looks kind of like airbrush, you know, that mm-hmm. digital art. And it's, I saw that, it's like, man, I want to learn how to do that, you know? So, so now I'm kind of, like at the moment anyway, like in the last couple of weeks, I mean, Instead of learning how to paint, I want to learn how to do that right now. Yeah, you know what? There's, um, I know a couple guys that use uh, Wacom, uh, W-A-C-O-M, Wacom tablets. The Cintiq is is one. Now they make a Cintiq 24-inch, which is like a desktop version of this digital drawing tablet. And they make a Cintiq companion, which is like a 13-inch tablet version, which is, I believe it also has either, that you can get it with either the Microsoft operating system or an Android operating system. And I think that's great, man. I mean, you see some of these guys doing insane artwork just on those tab on those alone, but also to help with their, with their tattooing, you know, you can, you yeah. can scan it. You can scan an image of, you know, let's say for instance, you were uh, the tattoo that you did in long beach on Elvin, uh, on Elvin's side of you, of yourself, you added a few little things to it, made it look creepy, and you could have put that in the in Photoshop on on this Wacom tablet, done all of your your modifications to it in, in Photoshop or Illustrator, and done your stencil on another layer, right in right in the tablet, right in the you know, on the on the digital form and print it right out. You know, so it's it's a clean version. It's you're not dealing with the tracing paper issues or the copy issues or anything like that. I think it's a great tool, man. I, I think that a lot of these guys are utilizing that, and it's it's going to be something that's more utilized in those higher levels of tattooing for sure as time goes on. Yeah, I'm sure it will, man. I'm so computer illiterate, you know, but I have to. Uh, I really want to, you know, get into all that stuff. So that's yeah. I think that's my goal right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Talking about, I want to get into that. That's cool. Speaking of tattooing your 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 own image, is that weird? Uh, yeah, (laughs) it is. I remember. Um, I've done quite a few. I don't know, man, seven, eight, nine, and something like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I I remember when I did 
the first two that I did, I was um, I was living in Toronto, kind of. I was kind of going back and forth between Detroit and Toronto because I had a girlfriend up there. Um, but I was tattooing up there a bit, and um, my girlfriend was booking appointments for me, and she booked these two guys. Um, I think before we even knew what they wanted, you know, but it was two days in a row. It turned out to be portraits of me. You know, the first time I did it, it was two days in a row on two different guys. They were both tattooers, um, and they both wanted a portrait of me as a zombie, which is crazy, you know. I mean, you know, when you first find out what the guy wanted, it's like, wow, you sure, yeah? I mean, you sure, dude? <laughs> Try to talk him out of it, you know? <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, you know, definitely, you know, at the same time, I thought it was going to be fun, you know. Um, but then the other guy, wanted this, the next day, found out he wanted the exact same thing. It was insane. So I did my first two, two days in a row, you know. And then I did, uh, I remember doing two more. I did two of me as a zombie. Then I remember doing one of me as, like, a Frankenstein. Nice. And then I did one of me as, like, a demon with horns. Um... And I did Elvin's. Um, I did a little sewing badge, one of me. My buddy Wayne, who lives out there in Cali. Um, <laughs> work on him when I'm at Timeline and stuff. I've done a lot of work on him. Um, a lot of uh, comedians, like Jack Black and um, uh, Will Ferrell and um, Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he wanted me, he wanted the sewing badge, you know, but instead of the skull, put my face there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Crazy. So it was like on the back of his ankle. So it wasn't, it was pretty small, but big enough where I could actually shade my face out. But I, you know, took a picture of myself screaming, you know. And uh, so it's my little face there with the, the paintbrushes and, you know, and the dots, you know. But <laughs> it was uh that's it's been crazy. Yeah, that's cool, man. Is it is it fun or nerve wracking tattooing celebrities like that who are also creative people? Do you find that they are coming to you because they're really educated about the art? They know specifically what they want from you, or is it kind of a back and forth creative process? Oh, you mean me like tattooing celebrities? Yeah, like tattooing. I, I know you've tattooed Kid Rock, and and I'm sure some other folks you have such a creative individual like that, that, but, but they're coming from a, obviously a different genre of creativity, music or acting or whatever yeah. the case. Yeah. With musicians, um, sometimes like it started off, like, um, I think Kid Rock was the first musician I tattooed. That was back in 2001. Now I was tattooing like four years or something. Um, but I started tattooing, the guys in the band, Uncle Cracker, um, I tattooed him and stuff. He was in Kid Rock's band. He's solo now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did him when he was still in Kid Rock's band. And Jason Krause, the guitarist. Tattooed those guys, and I met Kid Rock and stuff. He was talking about getting this eagle on his back, you know. And um, we, uh, we ended up not doing it. And then a year later, um, Joe C., who was in the band, passed away. And... Um, all the guys in the band wanted a tribute tattoo before the funeral. So I'm still looking at eternal tattoos and I brought them all in and tattooed them all the same day. It was like a 14 hour day, you know, so it's yeah. a little, it's not a real big tattoo. They, they, they probably took about an hour a piece. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I had did some of Josie's friends too. It's a just crazy long day. Um, but I tattooed Kid Rock again then, and then he bought the Eagle again. He's like, "Can we start next week?" I'm like, "Yeah, definitely." You know, and then uh, just never heard from him. You know, and then another year, year and a half went by, and then Shake's assistant called and asked if I could do it like in the next few days, and we hooked it up. So I finally did it. Um, and uh, yeah, did that. It was pretty big Eagle on his back. I, like two days in a row, eight hours a day. Hmm. Um, but he, like, he knew what he wanted, you know. But he, I mean, he just he wanted a, an eagle, pretty like symmetrical, you know. And he wanted an American badass written in there. So, so I drew. I just drew up this, you know, fairly simple eagle, and I put banners above it and below it with American badass and banners. And, and I drew it up pretty quick because I hadn't drawn it yet. And it's a, you know pretty quick thing um but uh so that was all his idea and then i started to do an aaron bass player in the bands it's all color i've done like a, almost a sleeve of color work on him and, <laughs> and it's just that you never know it was me if you saw it it's just he has the craziest ideas you know it's like you want like a space scene and then like a like a spaceship and um and then he wanted like a like a crop pattern on his elbow you know, he always wants these crazy colors, you know, just the, the weirdest stuff that you, you know, I would never, no one would ever come to me for it, you know. Right. Is that fun and for it, you to do? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, his ideas are so, so off the wall sometimes. It's like, man, what am I going to do, you know? I have no idea how I'm going to translate that into a tattoo, but um, he says, see, he's, what am I, I love him to death. One of my favorite people in the world, you know. And, but uh, he's just a, he's a funny dude, man. But last time I talked to him, he wanted, I think he wanted some, like a camo sleeve done in 70s colors, like orange and brown and um, whatever other color it was. Right. It, it, it's, it's like, man, that's the worst idea in the world, dude. <laughs> um, you know, I would have found a way to talk about it, but I think that idea just kind of, kind of went away, you know. Yeah. But uh, so so, and then but other musicians I met, you know, I started uh, becoming friends with the, you know, guys in metal bands and stuff. You know, go to so many shows, I'll meet people, and uh, and then through them I'll meet more people, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, I met like Troy from Tesla. I remember I, I met it. I was at a convention in Philly. And Tesla were playing in town, and, um, which I've always been a Tesla fan. And um, I guess Troy came to the convention on Sunday and uh, was looking for a portrait. And somebody sent him to me, so I met him. And I ended up tattooing him a couple weeks later. So that was cool. That's and, awesome. Um, and the guys like Carrie and Slayer, Carrie came. I've done like four pieces on him. And, um, you know, he's an evil, you know, kind of a horror fan kind of guy, you know, got work from Paul Booth and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, um, everything I did in him is really cool, black and gray horror, you know, so he's a love tattooing him. And, uh, and then Gary Holt himself, he plays in Slayer now too, but he also plays in Exodus. But uh, I met Exodus back in 2006, 2007 or something. And uh, Rob Dukes, a singer, was um, pretty heavily tattooed. So he was talking about getting something done. And um, so I eventually tattooed him. And 
but Gary Holt didn't have any tattoos yet, you know, and he was talking about getting tattooed and stuff. And I, um, yeah, I went to another show six months later, I think up in Toronto, and I uh, talked to him more. And uh, I just became friends with those guys, you know. And I eventually started, like, they'd bring me out on tour, you know. They're like, anytime you want to come out, there's always a spare bunk, you know. So I, I think I went out with them, like, five different times for, like, a week or ten days. And um, But I, one of those, on one of those trips, I um, ended up tattooing Gary, he was 46, got his first tattoo. Awesome. And um, it was spur of the moment, you know, because I, I brought all my stuff. I was going to tattoo Rob sometime that week. And, uh, and then Gary's like, just like that day, hey, man, you know, let's do it, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I drew up this demon head and stuff, you know. He just let me draw up a cool, crazy horror thing, something up my alley, you know. Yeah. And, um, so I did his first tattoo, man, and uh, it was awesome. And he just got hooked instantly, you know. Like, you know, I'm in the middle of a five or six hour tattoo, you know, and it's his first one, you know, and it, they hurt, you know. And most people are kind of like probably just trying to get through that first tattoo, you know. But mm -hmm. I'm tattooing him, and he's like, oh, man, I want to do something with my other arm. I want to, you know, add to the one you're doing now. And he was just like, I could tell he was going to be just, you know, I, I was the same way, you know. Um, I just got heavily tattooed real fast. Yeah, you know, like a, a lot of us do. You know. Yeah, once you, you know, once you are, dive in, you dive in head first, right? Totally. totally. <laughs> so Gary's on his way to two full sleeves. You know, he's get pretty heavily tattooed. And uh, so I've done a lot of stuff. I've done all his tattoos except one, uh, and it's all cool horror yeah. stuff. You That's know. awesome. Well, man. you know, good. I think about playing on stage, you know, you were talking about earlier, what's my mm -hmm. favorite, any good memories from playing on stage, my absolute favorite on stage experience, whatever, was uh, they let me play with them, like get up and play a song, you know, when I was out with them. Um, but I played with them like six times, you know, on stage and just get up and play one song, you know, and that's like the highlight of my life, you know, as far as playing in a band, you know, playing on stage. Got to play with those guys, you know, because they were my heroes from the, the 80s. I was a huge Exodus fan since, like, 1985, you know. So just to meet them was awesome, you know. And then become friends with them and tattoo them, you know, and then ride with them for a week or whatever, you yeah. know. But then to play with them on top of that was, like, just surreal, you know. But uh, but those guys are great, man. I mean, it's, you know... So I tattooed Rob and Gary and Exodus, and then Scott Ian from Anthrax. I met him somewhere. You know, I just I just met a lot of metal. It's most of the guys that tattooed are metal bands. Yeah, you know, that's just met them through other friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, that's cool, man. That's awesome. It's nice to be connected with clients that are connected with you know other things that you're interested in, like music and and things like that. You know. It's it's good to connect with those people because you have tend I I tend to have a better time when I'm tattooing somebody that is that is interested in or has some of the similar interests as I do. It makes for oh, yeah. makes for yeah. a fun time. Totally, and sit and talk guitars and mm -hmm. and music and whatever. Yeah, you know? talk, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, talk to me about the um you you, you have a you're a team member for Skinlock. You also uh, have this signature Waterloo box coming out. W what do you like about the Waterloo? Because I've been working off of one. They're they're a, 
Um, they were a podcast partner with my propaganda podcast show. And so I've been working off their station for quite some time. What do you like about that? Uh, I, I like the way it's set up, you know, um, just the drawers and everything, you know. Um, I've been so disorganized over the years, you know, and um, although, you know, because if I'm settled in a shop somewhere, I kind of know where everything's at, but, but you know, having that thing, it's like everything is right there in front of me instead of having to move around, go in a room, go in a closet, get something or whatever. Um, you know, it's just it's a really cool setup. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I have a, like a, I had a Sears Craftsman toolbox that I used for years that we mm-hmm. all, a lot of us did, you know, you probably have them too, I'm sure. Absolutely. A couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never worked off those, but I had it to store stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I like a bigger work surface, you know, to, I'm just used to working off like a, a countertop or something. And, uh, but I, I know a lot of people have worked off those little serious craftsmen and it was always too small for me. So, mm-hmm. So with the, the bigger Waterloo case, you know, I can, um, you know, there's plenty of room to work off of and store everything in there. Um, yeah, so they make, yeah, I love it, man. I like the, I like it. I like it as well. I like the inserts that they have, you know, it does keep everything organized. I'm notoriously unorganized with my shit and, you know, so having everything right there at, at your fingertips in, in custom, you know, in these custom little inserts is, is nice. And they're, they, Man, it is a lot of room. You can fit a lot of stuff in in those boxes, and you know, having that nice big workstation on their on their large box. I think it's like forty one or forty two inches uh, of workspace, and um, really really cool perfect, setup. Perfect size. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you can get you know art printed on them. Any image you want, you know, um, your own art or whatever. Like we're doing our signature series boxes, you know, with art on them, and uh, you know, that just makes it that much cooler. You can have your own customized box. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Really yeah. neat stuff. Do you think? Do you think there's going to be more innovation like Skinlock and those type of products? I know um, I've used personally. I've used Skinlock. Um, I've used Inkies. You know some of these things that are that are innovations. I mean, you know, for Skinlock, it's the first product of its of its kind that's coming out in tattooing Inkies. I mean, I'm sure you've had the same experiences. I that I have had with people from the beginning of my career trying to reduce the discomfort of a tattoo by bringing in, you know, some sort of lidocaine cream or some sort of this that they got from their nurse friend and, or their dentist or doctor friend. But what do you think about those products? Do you think that there, there's going to be more advances like that? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be. Like everyone's trying to come up with something new of, you know, for anything from, um, you know, from healing products to, uh, you know, the, instead of using Vaseline, you know, set a similar uh, product to use while you're for right. a tattoo or while you're tattooing. Hustle butter and, or um, one like that. Hustle butter and all that stuff. And, you know, my friend Shane O'Neill has this kind of a little product line going now called System One. And they have uh, stuff called Glide to use mm-hmm. while you're tattooing in place of Vaseline. Um and uh, you know, it's green salt. He has his own version of that, and uh, um, uh, an aftercare product, and uh, and then he has a something called ice, which is like Bactine, which a lot of tattooers use. Mm-hmm. They kind of 
it helps kind of, you know, helps take away the pain a tiny bit. You know, I think it takes a little bit of the edge off, but, mm-hmm. but this is, has more lidocaine in it, his stuff. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's like bacteria, but stronger. Um, so he's, you know, it's like, and there's a lot of people, yeah, just trying to come up with new products that are, uh, better and more suited for, for tattooing. It's, a, it's all made for tattooing where, right. you know, for years we use Vaseline and, you know, use Bactine to help numb it a little bit. That's, you know, it's not made for tattooing. Um, so I think people are trying to take anything we use and try to make it better. You know, I think that's always going to be going on. Everyone's going to try to come up with something better. Right. And not only, you know, it's an H2Ocean, you know, which, you know, I use their aftercare products and everything. And, um, it's great. You know, I use it on myself, you know? Um, so there's just all this, you know, everyone's got their own thing. You know, some people can't use ointment when they're healing, mm-hmm. you know, and some people like, dry heal they don't put anything on it and they heal best that way so um, people have to find out what works best for them right you know as far as the healing process absolutely before we go bob let's um let's talk about life on the road this is your new book it's on pre-order um as we're recording this by the time this airs um it'll be out talk to me about that this is a collection of tattoos and drawings um it's going to come out in two two versions of the book you're going to have an available have it available in paperback limited to a thousand copies i believe and then the signed limited edition hardcover uh, that comes with a slip case um really great looking packaging man um t- tell me about that book and how that came about um you know there are publishing company based in london england um they're called rufus stone limited editions um, they're beautiful books. You know, it's, it's all just super limited edition. You know, once they're gone, they're gone. Um, but he's only he's done. Um, it's all been on uh, books on bands. Um, the first, his very first book was a picture, just a photo book of Ronnie James Dio, and it's it's awesome. Just beautiful book. Just yeah, they're really well made books. You know, um, and they did a book on Yes, uh, one on Deep Purple, and his last book was on John Lord, the keyboard player from Deep Purple, who just passed away. And I get to do one on Metallica coming up. Um, they're talking about doing one on Slayer. Um, but with me, um, I tattooed this friend of mine in England, and his girlfriend was friends with the publisher. And uh, they were hanging out one night, and he was checking out my tattoos on my buddy. And then, and then they showed him this is the publisher, you know, and then mm-hmm. they, they showed him uh, my website stuff. And then, and he got this idea to do a, a book on me, you know, it's, it's sort of be the first one, you know, other than, you know, music related. Um, but that's how it came about. It's just, uh, he saw tattoos of my friend and then looked at the site and then went from there. And so it's pretty lucky. You know? Yeah. It... I, I mean, every, you know, think, I think a lot of us would always like to have a book out someday. And, uh, you know, quite a few of us do. And I've always thought, you know, I'd like to do a book at some point in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. So this kind of fell in my lap. I didn't seek it out or anything. So it's pretty cool. Um, That's great. Is it is it a collection of, of tattoos and drawings from a particular period in your career? No, you know, it's, it's pretty much just my whole life, my whole career as a tattooer. Mm-hmm. Um I wanted to find more old stuff, actually, mm-hmm. you know, but I am so, like I was saying earlier, I'm 
so disorganized, you know, I'm definitely the most disorganized person I know. And uh, so my pictures, I might have boxes of actual photos of tattoos. I used a real camera back in the day, and I found some of that stuff and used a bit of that. And um, I have stuff at hard drives. And uh, I know I have one hard drive of a lot of old stuff from, like, 99 to... 2004, maybe, or something. You know, this big period. I wanted to find that and use stuff out of that. It's good. And even with like a lot of pictures of on the road pics mm-hmm. from back then. I wanted to have a good. I wanted to have pics from my whole, you know, the whole 17 years of tattooing. And uh, I stashed that thing somewhere in my house, so I wouldn't. If somebody broke in or something, it wouldn't get stolen or whatever. And uh, and I hit it so good. I don't know where the fuck I put it. <laughs> So, so I couldn't find that, and I was, I was looking for that for months, man. Looked looked everywhere, but uh, so really everything in the book is just stuff I could find on my computer, you know. And I, I have a tattoo portfolio that's got several years worth of stuff in. And so anyway, I, um, as far as the tattoos, I um, there's a ton of tattoos in the book, and um, I'd be it's split into chapters like celebrity portraits, which would be portraits of. Uh, like movie stars and musicians and stuff. Well, Sunday portraits, yeah, mostly like like movie stars, actors mm-hmm. and stuff, whatever. Yeah. And then there's a chapter on musician portraits. Um, and then there's a skulls, um, creepy stuff, animals. They're all in little just sub-chapters in the tattoo, sure. big tattoo chapter. Uh, so there's a ton of tattoos. It's a big art chapter, which is most of the art I've done, which isn't a hell of a lot. You know, there might be like 30 pieces of art in there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with the flash, it's, all my flash sets are in there. Um, and then just start all the art I've done. So, And then uh, there's a big on-the-road section, which is tons of pictures from traveling everywhere, yeah. pictures of friends. and uh, Really um, cool, man. A, but, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a, they want to do a, a chapter on musicians I tattooed because they're kind of music-related, the publishing company. And so there's a big chapter on all the musicians I tattooed and, and little stories. I wrote everything in there. There's, there's a bio. It starts off with a brief biography that I wrote. Uh, Ryan Smith and so on wrote the foreword, which is awesome. And uh, and then everything I – little stories in there I, I wrote. You know, there's not a ton of text, but there's, there's some, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of just a big book about my life pretty much. Which, yeah. um, but I wanted to focus – Tattoos is the main thing, and mm-hmm. so the tattoo chapters and the art chapter are probably the biggest part of it. But there's, it's a big book. There's a ton of on-the-road picks, um, and there's a few other things in there, too. Um, but it's about that's 260 to 280 pages. I forget, wow. somewhere in there. It's, uh, it's like 12 inches by 12 inches. It's the size of like a record, an album. Um, so it's a decent-sized book. So, um, But, yeah, it's really – it's a, it's a – really happy with the way they put it together and that's great um well you know that's uh it's really cool that artists like yourself can get involved in those you know projects outside of tattooing you know document some of these things that you know you've done throughout your career and i think it's it's cool for people to be able to you know kind of peer in into your life through that through that way and it's it's neat man I, i like i said the thing looks great you know, the, from the packaging and the the information that's yeah, out yeah. there right now, and um, were you happy with how that all came out for your first book? 
Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's really neat to, when it's finally done and stuff. It's it's really cool to see everything in one place, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, you know, all my art together in one chapter. It's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's neat to have it all right there, you know. Yeah. Um, I wish more people would, you know, Paul Booth, you know, my favorite tattooer. I've been, I wish he would put out a book, you know, um, everybody. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's. Big, there's a lot out there that would be a lot of artists out there that would be fun to see a book from, you know, like Paul, Booth, yeah. you know, the, the Lou family, you know, some of the, Shige's got a wonderful book out, you know, yeah, it's man to see some of the stuff in there. It's, it's so dynamic. And, and like you said earlier, epic. So, um, what's, what's the future hold for you, Bob? What's next? Um, you know, I want to keep tattooing. I've been, uh, been fucking off all summer, which I do every summer, go to concerts and tattoo enough to pay the bills, you know? So I want to get back into some serious tattooing, you know? So, but really, yeah, I just want to tattoo more. Uh, I definitely want to do more art, uh, the Photoshop art thing, digital yeah. art. I definitely want to get that going. Um, I just, I got to get off my lazy ass and do <laughs> so, you know, but it, really just more tattooing, more art. Great. Um, that's really, that's my only plans, you know, yeah. keep doing what I'm doing, but do more of it, you know? And, right. And, and yeah, I want to progress too. And the more you tattoo, the, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm stuck in a rut and, you know, sometimes I've been, I'll do a tattoo and feel like, you know, maybe it's one of my better tattoos I've done. It's like, okay, I guess, you know, not stuck in a rut that bad, you know, it's, yeah. it's up and down. And everyone's, all my tattoo friends feel the same way. It seems like, Everyone feels like they're, uh, you know, they need to get improved and stuff. But I mean, you know, it's, it's we're all worst critics, you know. Because I look at so many friends, it's like, how could you get any better? There's no way, you know, you're too good right now. And but then people do. You find ways to uh, to somehow progress, whether it's just changing the style a bit, doing different backgrounds or whatever it is, you know. Um, but but and besides all that, I, I do want to try and play a little more guitar, you know, and, uh, we got a little Judas Priest tribute thing we're doing here in Detroit. And, uh, yeah, we play like four times a year, maybe it's just for fun. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to keep that going too. But I'm out in Cali. I, I just want to try and get a band together out there. So I'll be out there half the year. And I was talking to Rick Thorne about maybe doing something, put something together. So oh, yeah, that dude's awesome. I'm not sure. He, he rules, man. Yeah, he. I got He's to talk. I know, man. I got to talk with him and meet him. You know, I've, I've BMXed and, and freestyled, as we used to call it, for a lot of my life when I was younger. And so I knew about Rick and 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 had been a fan of his and met him out in Long Beach and had him on the had him on the podcast. You can find that on my website, therealjoeswanson.com, and the in the archives of my other show, the Propaganda Podcast, and. You know, so it's it's cool to talk with and be connected with those creative guys and, and you know, like yourself, going to be able to hopefully put some time and effort into a project with another creative person. I think that helps us all grow as well. You know, it helps us to, to be connected with other motivated and driven people. Totally, man. Oh. Well, thank you, Bob. Totally. I sure do appreciate it, man, and, and taking the time to talk with me and 
I really wish you the best of luck with everything you got going on. I'm excited to see your book and, you know, make sure you guys go and follow Bob on Instagram at Bob Tyrell. That's B O B T Y two R's E and two L's. So Bob Tyrell on Instagram and go to his website, uh, www.bobtyrell.com and you can link to Facebook and all that stuff. So thank you so much again, Bob. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. It's awesome talking to you. Uh, you and, too. Uh, good luck to you too, man. With right. Everything. Thank you very yeah, much. I've got to hook up, but I'm out there. Absolutely. Up, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm up here in Northern California, but plan on getting down to Southern California quite a bit more now with with Southern Radio. So uh, I would oh, I would cool. really enjoy yeah, it. Awesome. I thought you were in LA. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize. Yeah, I'm about sure. uh, I'm about 35 minutes south of. Uh, Sacramento in a little town called Lodi, stuck in Lodi. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's stuck great in Lodi though. Again. I love it, man. It's a, you know, it's a nice little centrally located spot. You can I can jump on five or ninety nine and get down south, or I can go up to Sac or up to Northern California, hit the Bay Area. So, it's good, man. Killer. Yeah. Well, and yeah. where um, you're spending half the year out here in California and half the year in Detroit. What's the best way for Pretty people much. to get a hold of you if they want to get tattooed or find out where you're going to be? Uh, you know, really, email is the best way to get to try to set an appointment up. Um, I finally have a guy helping me out, um, but if just I always tell people to be patient because um, I we just kind of book in spurts. You know, like mm-hmm. I, um, I don't like booking too far in advance, like uh, no more than two months. You know, I, I don't like booking too far ahead where you're kind of locked in. You know, the, the way I travel and stuff. But yeah. um, you have that wanderlust so about. You have that wanderlust, man. You can't lock yourself down. It's, you know, as much as I want to quit traveling, it's, uh, it gets in the blood and you can't, you can't shake it. It's, uh, it's cool. I mean, it's just, it's so, you know, we're so lucky to be able to have that opportunity to see the world through tattooing. You know, you can go work anywhere you want in the world. And, uh, so I'm, I feel like I got to take advantage of that, you know, Absolutely. And, um, see the world, you know, um, but as far as like I tell people to email me, um, like when I get ready, to, I might just book like a two-week chunk appointment. So my my guy Ben will go through them, and, and we'll just we'll go through the emails. There's no rhyme or reason, or no order or anything. It'll just go in email and just kind of pick stuff out and book. So it's it's kind of it's kind of hard. To, uh, I can't I can't keep a waiting list. So I tell people if they really want to get tattooed, that maybe email you can email me, and then forward the same email like maybe twice a month every two weeks just send another email and kind of keep it in the system you know yeah that way when ben books uh it you know it might be right there where he's looking or it'll always be in there somewhere um but that's about the only way you know for to book appointments um very cool man la la or detroit you know like i'm i'll be in la most of the winter most of the summer in detroit and then the rest of the year, I'm kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if, I, if it was me looking to get an appointment with somebody like me or something, I would choose L.A. over Detroit in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, and then summertime, you know, Detroit's awesome. So Great, man. Uh, well, thank you so much. Wish you the best of luck. Like I said, excited to see your book. Make sure you guys uh, grab a copy of that and, you know, look for Bob either in L.A. or Detroit or traveling around uh, somewhere around this great world we have. So thank you, Bob. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, dude. 
I'm sure that's just the first of many great talks I'm going to have with Bob. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at OG Joe Swanson, and you can hear new episodes of the show weekly at www.soundcloud.com forward slash Sullen Radio. Don't forget, it's $10 Tuesdays at Sullen Clothing. Follow at Sullen Clothing on Instagram and check out SullenClothing.com each week for $10 specials. Hey everybody, Sullen Radio is teaming up with Tattoos Cure Cancer to fight cancer one tattoo at a time. Every month, on behalf of the listeners, Sullen Radio will donate to Tattoos Cure Cancer 50% of all contributions made to support this art-driven podcast. Follow at Tattoos Cure Cancer and at OG Joe Swanson for updates on this podcast partnership. To support both the podcast and help Tattoos Cure Cancer fight a disease that affects our tattoo community daily, you can donate any amount now via PayPal to ogjoeswanson at gmail.com. You can also join me on November 16th in Santa Clarita, California at Eternal Art Tattoo for a one-day Tattoos Cure Cancer charity event. I'll be on site recording live for Sullen Radio and to help bring awareness to this great cause. Check out TattoosCureCancer.com and TheRealJoeSwanson.com for more info. Next week on Sullen Radio. You can make ripples with positivity. You can make ripples with negativity. You know, I've been tattooing a long time and like we talked about, you know, tattooers have a shelf life. The more, you know, I do my little part, maybe that ripples out and then other people are doing their little part. It's, it all matters, no matter how insignificant we might think it is. It, it really does. Tune in for new episodes of Sullen Radio. Listen now at therealjoeswanson.com.